1: Well, welcome back. Uh, heading into Hour 2, delighted to do so with Congressman David Schweikert, who represents Arizona's 1st Congressional District. David, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you.
2: Yeah, and I first apologize for the noise. I'm in the truck, and I just got back, and I'm right racing up to go grab my little girl from school.
1: Oh, well, tell Olivia we said hi when you do grab her. Hi. It and will. The audio's just fine. You must be in a hermetically sealed green truck or something. Green energy. Hey, I
2: truck. bought some of those fancy earbuds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> David, I uh, had this thought when I woke up this morning. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, I the thought I had was the that because of a majority of Republicans didn't think it wise to shut down the government, a minority of Republicans thought it wise to shut down the only Republican part of government.
2: Um, you know, that's poetic, but in some ways it's not brutal enough. Okay. Um, let's back up a little bit. We had a, it wasn't a continuing resolution. We had a funding bill a few days ago that had a 30% cut in the portion of the discretionary budget. We hadn't finished. Now, remember, this is only for 30 days. It had my deficit commission that I've worked on for how many years now? And it had the entire border security package, that entire, we called it HR2. Yeah, 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 the, the, the one that was we passed
1: did. earlier, sure, in May or something. But it right. had
2: all the funding and all the laws right. and the stay in Mexico. And the, I mean, it was, it was the dream bill. Mm-hmm. And we had 21 vote against it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and what you do with the commonality, and this is going to hurt some people's feelings, and forgive me, I'm, maybe I'm a little cranky for a number of these people, it's not about conservatism. It's about populism. It's more their feelings. They, they weren't being paid enough attention to. It wasn't, you know, um, you know, uh, you, 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 get some of these crazy things. And what, how do you govern? How do you demonstrate that conservatism is the only path to save this Republic? When you have this small fraction, that unless they get sort of a utopian, which I always thought was a leftist idea so their utopian piece of legislation, they're going to vote no. And now we come back. So they basically blew us up. So now you're sitting there going, OK, we're about to get jammed. We have a handful of Republicans who say, screw it. You know, I'm very moderate Republicans. We're going to go vote with the Democrats. So they quickly pulled together a bill. They stripped out Ukraine and some other things, saying, OK, we're going to fight over that separately. And they ran it out. And it got I, – and I had to vote no on that because I would worked hard to get everything else. But it passed. And then a few days later, 4% of the members basically said, oh, we're going to throw out the speaker.
1: I was um, – yeah, I mean, I was asking – the audience yesterday, some of some of whom were supportive of what happened, uh, most of whom weren't, but, but some the, of whom were Those weren't. who were supportive of it, do you understand
2: we're going to have a brutal time this next election trying to convince voters we're capable of governing? In Arizona, Independent is now the number one voter registration. How do you convince those people we're competent?
1: Well— you know what David the question I was asking them because it just seemed to come out of nowhere to be honest with you um you know you, you're obviously much more in it than I am but I you know I'm probably on the I'm I'm, I'm somewhere on 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 the curve I, I'm pretty knowledgeable keep up on politics I was asking a month ago did you have complaints about Kevin McCarthy what was the complaint about Kevin McCarthy a month ago and you know um, the, the it, everything was going fine. It seemed like I mean, fi- yeah. as fine as can you can have it with the small majority that we had. Small majority. We don't
2: control the Senate. We don't control the White House. We don't control the bureaucracy, and yet we had cut more and got the president's signature on than any Congress in U.S. history. So, um, yes. But. It, 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 you have some folks that that it's more about the rage they can produce on social media and then send you a text message saying, please send me fifty I've, dollars.
1: I've, I've received three
2: okay. S- since yesterday. Here's a I've rule received of three thumb for, here's a rule of thumb for everyone that's listening. When you get a text message or an email and it has all these things, you got to save America, this and that. And at the end, it's asking you for one hundred dollars. The text message and email was about the hundred dollars. Yeah. It wasn't the message was to get your blood pressure up. Yeah. So you'd send the, it's about the money. Yeah. And you have this world now where um unless you're creating rage, some of these campaigns can't fund themselves. Or actually can't pay for all the consultants they have. Um, which is a whole different discussion you and I've had. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The conservative industrial complex that just steals the money. You know, from activists, they don't realize they're sending in their $50, and it's all going to the consultant.
1: Yeah, $49 goes to them. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, David, the um, the complaint that carried a little bit of water with everyone, I think, is that we all kind of do want to go back to appropriating by regular order. Um, and we're— Right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, you know where I'm going. Was, you, you got it. You,
2: that was the point. Right. Um, look, it turns out when you're doing appropriations, where you're pulling money out of the bills,
1: mm-hmm.
2: when you have to dice them apart, it turns out it's actually really hard Yeah, because the bureaucracy knifes you, lies to you, won't tell you the truth, which is the same thing. Um, and so what's been happening is the appropriations process is taking longer. Mm-hmm. You also have, like the other day... We had the um, ag bill, the ag funding bill um, go to the floor and it failed. Yep. And it failed because of rural Republicans saying you're cutting too much. Right. Um, so understand it, that one went down because Republicans who are in the agricultural world saying, you know, our people are having a hard enough time. You can't take this, these supports and these things away. Right. Those of those who are more suburban Republicans we're terrified of what's happening with obesity and, you know, um, is snap in many ways, making people sicker than healthier. Right. Um, but that's an internal fight and it's okay to have a bill fail because you come back and work on it yeah. and then you try again and you come back and work on it. But the excuse saying, well, there's not enough regular order. It's not fast enough. We can do it fast, but then you're not going to get your cuts because the cuts there's, thousands of line items in these bills, and each one requires hours and hours of research.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to fight over very, 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 um, very small appropriations in those individual bills because they don't want to be um, scored on them. I think there's a story of cowardice in this, too. Oh,
2: yeah, there's a running joke. Um, Okay, we borrow about $6 billion a day. Um, Interest rate movement... Um, from mid-April to yesterday, was already about 140 billion more spending in the 2024 budget year, mm-hmm. just from the interest rate movement. And yet, we had entire knife for- fights over 300 million dollars. Right, 300 million dollars is like 56 minutes of borrowing. Right, and and part of that problem is you have a lot of folks who they're smart. They were probably a good lawyer or this and that. They're really crappy at math, mm-hmm. and and the theater is more important to many of these people than the fact that you and I can wipe out all discretionary. You can take, you can stop fi- financing the military. You can get rid of all government. You know, no State Department, no Supreme Court. It's all gone, and you would have still borrowed four hundred billion dollars since last year. Right, and as Medicare spending continues to explode and in nine years when the social security trust fund's gone you're going to have trillions of borrowing and it's not because of mandatory spending it's not so everything a member of congress votes on now is borrowed
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and so those huge structural spending things and, and i still get people who text me saying david if you would just cut foreign aid you know and waste and fraud you'd be fine Yeah. And you show them every dime of four and is, is
1: about an hour. Is, is You'd like be fine for about you know, an hour. No, no. Okay, a week, it's, it's, fine.
2: Yeah. It's a it's a week and a okay. half of
1: spending. Okay,
2: a okay. borrowing. Excuse me, we can have a half of borrowing, not spending. Yeah. Borrowing. Um, and that's the problem. Is this budget is so big? So few people understand its scale.
1: Do you need to run uh, as we go to break? No, or do no. You have to- uh, I've been. I'm in line to pick up Olivia, so you can put me in break. All right. We'll take a quick commercial break, David. Uh, Let me plant this question with you. I I wouldn't expect you to know the answer, but you'll understand off the top of your head, but you'll understand the direction it goes. One of uh, our smart listeners emailed me last night. He said, um, do you know how many $2 trillion deficit, deficit, deficit years it would take before we couldn't pay the interest on our debt, assuming current economic and financial conditions remained constant? I don't. But it sounds like a scary prospect to think about that question, doesn't it? We'll pick up with you, David, on the other side. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show. Congressman David Schweikert is our guest representing uh, Arizona's uh, 1st Congressional District. I'll repeat the question for the audience uh, that I uh, was uh, posing to you uh, during the break. One of our smarter listeners, uh, they're all smart, he's... Smart, too. Smitty, he says, do you know how many $2 trillion deficit years it would take before we couldn't pay the interest on our debt, assuming current economic and financial conditions remained constant? I don't, but it's well, terrifying I, to think about.
2: Smitty actually has a brilliant question. We actually have a room full of economists that work on this. Um, holding things constant. And But the question there is constant on interest rates, constant on GDP growth. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns out one of my greatest concerns right now is something you, you'd call interest rate fragility. Interest rates are going up. There is this concept out there, and this happened to us in the 1990s. Carville talks about it all the time, that he wants to come back as a bond vigilante. Yeah. Um, that um, it, when Congress cannot get its act together financially, the bond market will do it for us. And if you go from April till now, the bond market is just for just for the twenty twenty four fiscal year, we're going to spend about a additional hundred and forty billion this fiscal year just in interest, just from the interest rate movement from April till today. So there is a model out there that says if we go to five, five and a half percent interest. In about 15 years, if, if if you hold everything else, you're basically almost all tax receipts is now going to interest. Yeah. So folks have no concept how fragile we are. There, we we were looking at earlier today um, when I was on the airplane going back and forth with the joint economic economists. Um, if we were at five and a half today. Um, and everything else, and, and the uh, economic slowdown we think is coming is came. We could actually have it would be a little bit under a trillion dollar interest coverage this year. Interest will be more this year than defense. So defense is going to be about eight hundred and thirty six inc- billion.
1: That's an incredible sense. And we that's
2: incredible. and we expect interest to come in about eight thirty eight forty. That's incredible. So think about that. This year, we weren't supposed to hit numbers like this for several years, and part of the reason is interest rates are going back to normal. But we hadn't seen these in 17 years. But if you look at the long run, this is where we're at.
1: Um, David, how I, as I understand it, I mean, you know, I, I you 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 do understand it. I, I only read from the sidelines. As I understand it, the speaker pro tem can't. Run the house the way a regular speaker was because he wasn't elected. Do I have that basically right? If he's you have appointed- that correct, okay. that is
2: um, the interpretation. Interpretation we're getting from the parliamentarian okay. on the adopted rules that they can do, he can do certain scheduling, yeah. but like all committee work is done. Right, okay. we're not allowed to move forward. All the appropriations work. Remember, we canceled a couple weeks back in in Arizona and around the country. So we, I should be in D.C. right now working on the appropriations bills. And I also had some hearings on what had been going on with the IRS whistleblowers. You know, remember my oversight? Oh, yeah. Were, oh, yeah. You know, the whole Biden family. Oh, stuff. no, we had them on the run on that, a lot of fronts. We And hey. none of that's happening because we're frozen.
1: Now, so and, back to my poetry, we shut down the Republican part of government. That's what we did do. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. that being said, how long you think it will... Take, I mean, it, will it be a November to January fight like it was a three month fight like it was last time? How long what, till we get? Um, Would you guess?
2: I don't know. Um, there is a chance we'll go back and you know we'll choose someone um, and hope the you know ten populists will play nice. Um, some of that is what feedback are they getting in their district? Yeah, are they? Yeah raising money online Are they getting love? Or are they actually getting scolded for basically breaking the Republican party?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was listening to, uh, a couple, um, a couple, uh, former legislators, including, uh, former Speaker Newt Gingrich. Uh, oh yeah. I, uh, Newt, Newt got, sent yeah. Newt reached out to me. He is hopping mad. Oh yeah. He's hopping mad. And I mean, I, I, I He said that Kevin McCarthy was doing the best job any Republican could have imagined to have been doing at that level where he was right now. Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yeah. Look, um, uh, stop thinking through someone that sent you a crazy Twitter. Look at the success. You have divided government. We control one branch by functioning four or five votes. And yet we had to accomplish more cuts than any Republican um, Congress in modern history?
1: Half of a branch, when you think about it. I mean, this is a, a funny thing. I was getting calls yesterday saying, "Well, they hasn't done anything about the border." Let's 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 understand a few things here. You did pass HR two. You toughened it up and put yep. it back into the CR. But you know there well, is this thing called the United States CR Senate. Because, yeah,
2: because it wasn't a CR because we put so much policy in it, it was a financing bill. And we had 21 Republicans vote against
1: it. So we blew
2: up our own border
1: bill. And even when you do pass it, as you had once before, you still have a Senate. Yep. You still have a Senate. They are asking Kevin McCarthy to do things or the Speaker of the House to do things that he does not have the power to do. Seems to me.
2: but, But where I would go with that is at least give us a chance to stick it in the face of those Democrat senators. And we had our own people vote against, we were trying to, there's a term we use, cram the Senate. And instead we had to do a fire drill to keep them from cramming us because our legislation failed.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I just, I just can't get past how, how many things we had them on the run on. And I, I I don't know that it's going to be that easy to get a new speaker with the consensus. I just don't know that it will be. Um, You're there. I'm not. But it seems to me it's going to take more than a week.
2: I I hope not because we're squandering precious time. And, you know, um, we we were starting to do so well in national polling, uh, starting to look confident. Um, The public started to believe we were the ones who were capable of managing the economy and doing the things that were necessary. And I talked to one of the very famous pollsters about an hour ago, because and he will go out in the field this coming weekend, but he thinks we just shot ourselves in the temple.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I think, too. That's what I think, too. This should have been a week we had him on the run on even more stuff, you know? Whether I, anyway, we could I could go on. But over. you
2: need, but you need momentum, and that's actually one of the things people need to understand. Sometimes you pass something that you know the Senate's not going to take or the President's going to sign, but you need to keep a sense of motion going yep. to keep forcing um, the other side to actually be the one receiving pressure from the public. Freezes up that actually freezing up benefits the bureaucracy, the status quo.
1: All right, David, say hi to Olivia for me. I got to run. Olivia, say hi. Hi, Olivia. (laughs) She's doing math like her daddy. All right. Thank you, David. Talk soon. Goodbye, bye. bye. Well, I was walking along, minding my business, when out of an orange colored sky, flash bam Alakazam. Hugh Holman walked by. Hugh Holman, <laughs> good to have you here. Wow, that, that was pretty good. <laughs>
3: that was the top of the head. I walk in, walking the, up
1: and down, camelback, muttering. Come a on in. Lot we'll of put you to work.
3: A lot of muttering. I have seen these days before. I have seen how Republicans have cut our own throats, slit our own wrists, and otherwise uh, uh, caused ourselves damage that limits our future opportunities. And I know there's controversy in your listeners. I know there's controversy within our party. I would beg that we all be respectful in this discussion about the fact that we now had eight members of the Republican caucus vote with all the Democrats to oust the Speaker of the House While we were making great progress, and that is the ugly hidden secret here that we really should discuss. I think you've been doing a great job of that, and I know it's irritated a number of listeners. I appreciate their perspective. Um, I was called a rhino in the days uh, when I ran for state treasurer because, after all, I had worked for Ronald Reagan and worked with Barry Goldwater, both of whom apparently are now rhinos, who pushed very, very hard to uh, uh, make sure that we understood the risk that the Soviet Union was uh, providing or uh, uh, putting uh, toward the U.S. and the great risks of communism and socialism and the uh, efforts to infiltrate our schools and other things to teach these lessons. Well, now here we are uh, a good 30 years, uh, 40 years nearly after President Reagan helped us uh, understand those lessons and became president. Um, 16 full years. It took 16 years after the defeat of Barry Goldwater as too conservative and as a crazy man uh, that would blow up the world to get Ronald Reagan elected. It takes time. We have to take one step after the other. We have to move down the field from our, our 20 yard line into the end zone that gets us points. And it just takes time and having fans. Uh, for our team shooting our own players from the stands is idiotic and it feels like that's what happened i think i am stealing a little bit of an analogy from newt gingrich who spoke about the fact that you can't have the uh, leading team in football suddenly have members of its own side uh, join in and tackle their own players and that's what has happened do i would i like to see progress made more quickly of course i would but I sat as mayor of Tempe, the last Republican to serve and likely that will serve during the rest of my lifetime, in the role as mayor, trying to staunch the bleeding. I put Tempe on a very tight budget, uh, filled our police coffers so we could get police officers. That was the basis on which I ran. And uh, it's the same kinds of issues Kevin McCarthy is facing. We don't have much of a majority. We have to negotiate to move downfield, and it is not a straight line. And that is my sadness, that we have now taken somebody who had gotten 70 percent of the U.S. budget through the House of Representatives, while the Senate has done none of it, and was poised, as you said uh, in in the first hour, poised to achieve further advances on this budget. In a very conservative way, it was conservatives uh, who thwarted the uh, reconciliation bills that were put forward that included significant funding to secure the border, included all kinds of good efforts for the Republicans and would have forced um, the Democrats in the Senate to refuse. And then we could talk about them destroying governance. But no, it was the eight conservatives who blocked the conservative bills. And it was the um, 19 or so uh, Republicans in Biden seats, that is to say, in congressional seats where Joe Biden won the day for the presidency, who voted for those conservative moves. These are the kinds of things that we need to deal with as adults and having people throw childish fits and destroy our ability to make progress, well, I'll put it to you this way. They've now got to prove up that we're going to make the kinds of progress that we would have made uh, and do so very quickly because the American people are going, I'm afraid, going to turn their backs on conservatism and conservative Republicans in a way that will set us back in the next election.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something we're going to have to see take place over the next several days if there is a consensus candidate who can do the job That uh, that needs to be done. Jim Jordan is evidently uh, saying he will put his hat in the ring for this if he's the consensus candidate. Great. But now I see Steve Scalise has put his name in. That's going to be a division. That's going to be a fight. And there will be more. Um, So the question will be what you said in three months from now. will be we be closer to one or closer to zero as a result of destroying the field that we were winning on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have uh, a double dose of Hugh Hallman uh, this week. He is uh, here in studio with us. Um, It's um, Well, Hugh is is, is the only one here who's been elected to anything um, in in this state. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to address an issue that I think um, I would put under the category of an appropriate dose of humility, um, I've gotten responses and emails with people who vehemently disagree with my position, what I think is our position, on the uh, ousting of, of the Speaker and uh, seeing, well, Matt Gates called us rhinos in his fundraising email three times. It takes an awful lot of hubris, it seems to me, to think that you have the privilege to claim— The exclusive mantle of conservatism and constitutionalism when you need to rely on 208 Democrats to side with you and you lose the votes of such lefties as Paul Gosar and Byron Donalds and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Chip Roy and Jim Jordan. And 96% of your caucus, it seems it just takes a little bit more gumption and a little less humility than I would expect most of us to have to think that you're in the right with 4% of your party and 100% of the Democratic Party. I would... Maybe I'm being too strident.
3: No, you're not being too strident, but I I do wish uh, listeners would give us the respect of understanding that... Uh, My perspective comes from having served in these trenches for nearly 50 years. If you count the time I worked on Barry Goldwater's campaign, it's uh, 58 years. Um, And it is not that I am any less conservative than I have always been. It is that we have failed in a number of ways to train the electorate, to educate the electorate, to get children to understand the direction that this society needs to go and do so in a way that convinces enough people to vote. If we are in a situation in which eight people believe they have the moral high road over the other 210 members of their caucus, do you really think that there are 210 rhinos Versus only eight real conservatives. Well, if that's truly where we are, then we're in a world of hurt because you can't win any votes with eight. And they proved that by the fact that they had to get uh, a whole bunch of Democrats. hundred
1: percent of the Democrats sitting.
3: Yeah, that's correct. To vote with them. So whose side are you on? You think that the Democratic Party took that vote and supported this move because it was bad for the Democratic Party? I think not. Now, that is to say... That as you just gave a, a short list of additional conservatives who voted to conserve the speaker's position, um, you know, this is not bash Matt Gates. This is, however, a recognition as somebody who, thank you for saying it, served in elective office. I spent four years on the city council after having gotten enough votes to get onto that city council as a lone wolf. I had to use the leverage I had the bully pulpit of my one seat to convince my residents that what I was advocating for was the right answer. And how can I prove that I did that by continuing to advocate for four years frequently six to one, I would lose regularly, but I would use my leverage when I could to change an outcome, to get a better fiscal uh, result for my city in all kinds of ways. they. My colleagues used to laugh at me. By the third year, I would say, I will still vote no, but if you give me X, Y, and Z, it will be a quiet no. Because they knew the difference between me standing up on the table and shouting from that tabletop See, You've put
1: your finger on it. The difference. You've put your finger on it. I think a lot of us have gotten lazy. A lot of us have gotten lazy. And we haven't done the hard work of bringing... First rule of politics, other people will disagree with you. So the art of politics is getting them to agree with you. And a lot of them have not been able to do the job of evangelical work, which is convincing people to join our side and the reasons why. Which is entirely why people were searching like some Greek mythical figure with a lantern yesterday to figure out what this was about in the first place because there were about five different reasons none of which made sense and then only one that had some dose of credibility having to do with restoring regular order only to figure out that that was the path we were
3: on in the first place and we are now farther from it correct you had you had 70% of the budget moving exactly the way right. that the conservatives wanted right. it to move with the other 30% about to be lined up to do that to reach that success right. About to get the border. And a month ago, insecure. there was no
1: problem. Correct. At
3: least not one I heard. Yeah. And the argument that we shouldn't have gone on vacation, the answer was everything was moving ahead exactly as, as intended and needed. My point about my service was over six years in that trench, I educated enough people in my community that I could then run for mayor and flip that around. And still, I had four incumbents out of seven total on the council who were against me. It took two more years of advocacy and helping people to get elected before I had a majority. And by my third year as mayor, we turned it around. The city I left was fiscally sustained. We'd gone through two recessions during that period of time. And I reduced the city's budget on silly stuff, got my police force fully funded and expanded and handled a whole host of other things along the way. That mostly got washed aside in the following 10 years. It happens. That's how this happens. In politics, you have to learn the rule. Yeah, we lost
1: Congress. We lost
3: welfare reform. Yeah, exactly right. And and you have to learn the rule of the five-gallon bucket. Stick your uh, arm in a five-gallon bucket of water, pull it out really fast, and the length of time that the hole remains in that water is the length of time your impact in politics will be sustained. That's what you have to understand, and you have to bring others along who will then step into that. Well, we have failed to do that. We have not done, as you said, the hard work of recruiting people to local seats, to recruiting people to council seats, to recruiting people to school boards, which is our bench for our baseball team here, to build... Enough group of people who can go out and do this work. Well, nobody wants to serve in those roles. Nobody wants to serve as a PC anymore because all you do is you go to meetings and get the crap beat out of you for advocating for anything that is not a hundred percent somebody else's view of what is conservatism. Well, I'll I'll still take my record to to my grave as one of the most conservative servants in this state. Others may disagree, but I was in the one of the most left cities in the state. And I moved that needle in a direction, and helped move the school boards in those directions, and get people to advocate for these policies that we all believe in. And yet, we're no longer doing that work. It is hard, dull, boring, and rarely uh, is it sung about uh, in the well, in the annals. Well, well of we our- better
1: get to work. I was yeah. having a conversation with a political uh, person last night, and I was talking about a race I was concerned about next year here in Arizona. And he said, fine, you're right. But he goes, we've got a much bigger problem. I said, what's that? He said, our legislature says we are holding on by one vote. He says, "We, who's doing this work? He says, you lose the legislature. Again, we're holding on by one vote in each house. We lose that. This state within three months might be unrecognizable.
3: I would just tell you this. Who, in the sound of my voice, raised $100,000 for two cycles ago to save those seats so that we would not lose Republican majority in our in our house and in our Senate I'm looking at them you got it. I'll be right back Portions of this
1: show brought to you by our good friends at y refi great uh, local company that uh, does a lot in the community and does a lot for its investors, offering up to a ten point two five percent rate of return in their investment that's right a ten point two five percent fixed rate of return in a portfolio that's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You can turn your monthly income on or off with Y-Refi. You can compound it, whatever you choose. No loss of principal, no penalty. If you need your money back at any time, think of that freedom. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888 888- Y-REFI 24, 888-Y-REFI 24. Well, thanks for stopping by, Hugh, um, as you have been with us the last half hour. It's always wonderful having you here. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of hard work that we we, we tend to take, um, take for granted. And um, one of the things I've been proposing, speaking of problems with the party, is, you know, to borrow from Julius Caesar, it's not in our stars the problem. It's in ourselves. Get involved in primaries and kick the candidates' tires hard. Find out where they stand, why they stand, and what they stand for. Really hard. And then you won't have anything to complain about in the general election, as too many people do. they got to get involved in the primaries. they got to do the hard work. And the candidates, you guys can't just coast on talking points anymore. you got to have rationales, and you got to have morality anyway.
3: Well, I would also say that we need to understand that there's almost... No problem we're facing where the answer to the question is zero or one. Yeah. The the calculations we have to make to advance the cause down the road uh, requires uh, much more subtle thinking than that. And zero and one is now where we are on the most extremes. Of both parties. And for those of us who are trying to push things towards a real conservative direction, not a populist nonsense, but a real conservative direction that understands that uh, you and I have to make the money that pays the taxes that are now being spent for somebody else's uh, student loan debt re- uh, payoff, those kinds of things have real consequences to them. And we have to do a much better job uh, talking among ourselves and being willing to understand. That that uh, it is quite possible, as Abraham Lincoln said, that two people uh, who disagree can both be right on the issue of uh, uh, the discussion for the day. There are lots of subtleties in this uh, debate that we all have to accept and be willing to listen to one another. Do I listen to what Matt Gates says? Yes, he is right. Thirty trillion dollars in debt is absurd. How did we get here? One dollar at a time. That is also correct. It is worth cutting anything we can as we can. But you have to have a majority to do that.
1: Got an email that said uh, we need to learn to fight like Democrats. I'm for that. I just don't want to fight on their side. Okay, John Shadig coming up. He'll have some good insights. We'll be right back.